0: You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Look around and tell someone they look great. Even if you don't think they do. But no, you all look so good today. We want to welcome you to the Gateway Church Easter 2021 and aren't you glad we're in person mostly? Right, we know we still have those that are online, and we want to say thank you for joining us and still tracking with us. Uh, if you're an in-town guest, so you live in the in the area on the lakeshore, we would love for you to consider this being your home church and uh, just uh, being a part. Especially if you don't have a place where you worship. Uh, if you're out-of-town guests, thank you for bringing your friends. Uh, to, and, and your uh, those that do live in town uh, to be with us today. And again, those that are online. We're grateful for you as well. We are celebrating Easter, folks, and when I think of Easter, it is the single greatest event in all history. Will you say that with me? Easter's the single greatest event in history, right? Past, present, and future. When we, you know, 100 billion years from now, we will look back at what happened at Easter, and we will still marvel. We're celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who we believe is our Savior, and Lord, and our King. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. I actually had in my notes here that there might be some hooting and hollering at this point. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. First service uh, didn't compare. Second service, way to go. Stick with me, right? The more you encourage me, the faster we'll get out of here. No, just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> some of you're looking at it around and you're saying, "All right, all right." All the hoop and hollering, the amen. You know, you asked for it, pastor. What's it all about, right? And uh, and some of you're saying, "Look." I don't even believe in the resurrection. And I just want to say to you, that's okay. You might be watching online and you're saying, yeah, I'm not so sure. There are some skeptics. Or, and if you're not skeptical today, which I believe most of us probably are not, but, but if, if, you, if you're not skeptical, there's going to be someone this week that you're going to rub shoulders with at your work, at your place of business, at school, although it's spring break week, right? Uh, somewhere you are going to rub shoulders with someone that is skeptical, and the idea that Jesus died on a cross and all the events that kind of went around that, people will say, "Okay, I believe that as a historical fact. There was a person, Jesus of Nazareth. No problem." But when it comes to the resurrection, and you are saying, "Look, you know, someone died and then they rose again," there are people that would say it's pure speculation. Kind of like my accounting buddy a couple weeks ago, I was asking him about Bitcoin, and I was texting him and just saying, hey, what do you think? He said, pure speculation, and that's the honest truth, what he said. It's kind of like, well, it's like i on, on par with a, a chocolate Easter bunny. I don't know, but the thing is, for those that would say, ah, I'm not so sure it's a big deal, or who really cares, or what's the point in believing, today is for you, and if it's not for you, if you're saying, okay, I believe already, you are going to To have an opportunity again this week to someone that struggles, someone that struggles with speculation. And when we talk about speculation today, this is what we're talking about it's doubt as to the truth about something doubt about the truth of something, right? And today, there's a lot of speculation in our world. There's a lot of skepticism in our world. Just think about the medical field and science. What's good for you? What's not good for you? I put in my notes, maybe we should have a poll right here. Who thinks the vaccine's good? Who doesn't? And then I woke up in a hot sweat saying, oh, I thought I I actually did that. I'm like, that would be the worst thing because we're divided. I've talked with a lot of you. Some people are for, some are against. In government, there's a lot of speculation. And with philosophy, policy, control, how much should we have? There's a lot of speculation. In your workplace, if you're in sales, you're like, what are they really trying to sell? Or maybe there's some speculation around the ethics of a company or the motives. And speculation can even slip in to our great homes. And it did for me a couple of weeks ago. I came home, and my wife was being extra, extra nice to me, and I mean, she's always nice to some extent, but I was like, I'm like, what's going on, and and, and she was just kissing up, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I kind of like it, but I'm thinking, what's going on, and so I finally said, Jessica, what's going on, and she says, "I was doing my nails on our kitchen table, and I might have dumped over the acetone on our wood table, <laughs> and it's just destroyed. And we had talked about redoing it this summer. We're gonna need someone like Ed that knows what you're doing to help us. But uh, but uh, but we we we're gonna need to do that this summer. But but anyway, we in, in fact it's it's so it's it's so bad uh, that." We had talked about having some folks over, and, and Jessica's like, I can't have people over with the table looking like this. And I said, Come on. And so I said, I'm gonna talk about it on Easter, and then it's okay. Come on over, right? It'll be fine, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Speculation. The biggest thing around speculation that my mind originally went to was UFOs. Any UFO believers? Come on, let, let's. And we have a few, okay, we have a few, all right, way to go, that there's intelligent life beyond what we experience here. And, uh, and then when I think of skepticism uh, to, the, to the great extent in our world, in the church, when I talk about the big C church, people are skeptical with theology. And at the top of the list within the church is the resurrection. We got there. A person died, was buried, and now is living. And let's admit it, come on. It's hard for us to get our finite minds around that idea. It just is. And I'm convinced, I believe as we are growing, as we mature as believers and followers of Christ, we've all wrestled with the validity of the resurrection. You're not the only one that's wrestled with that thought. And by the way, I think it's okay to have questions. I think it's okay to not know everything. And it's okay to even express our doubts and our unbelief. Jesus can handle it. He's big enough. And sure, no one wants to be the gullible one. We don't want to be taken for a ride. We don't want to lose our reputation unnecessarily. But today... We're going to talk about the truth of the gospel, and we're going to move into the last chapter, into the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 16, and for those that have been tracking with us for the past year and a half or so, we've, we're 50 weeks, over 50 weeks in the gospel of Mark. We take it line by line, it kind of uh, story by story. We've taken our time through that, and the gospel of Mark for us has been an eyewitness account. 35 years after the resurrection, Mark is writing the gospel that in the story that we're, writing to, or we're studying today, the resurrection of Jesus, with the sole purpose to answer the question, who is Jesus? When you boil it all down, what is the gospel of Mark about? It's answering the question, who is Jesus? In Mark's gospel, it's the shortest account in regards to the resurrection of Jesus. No surprise because it's kind of a fast-paced gospel uh, as you read it, although we've taken our time with it. But within the story, there's a few pieces that have helped me along my journey in understanding who God is, who Jesus is, and the resurrection in particular, for me to put my faith in Jesus. And today, we're going to look at some of God's Word, Mark chapter 15, 42 through 16, 1 through 8, but we're going to do it in a little different way. This week is studying. Um, my parents sent me an email uh, that the company or the organization that they work with called One Hope, it's a missions organization. My parents have been missionaries now for, I don't know, 18 years or uh, it's, it's been a long time, maybe 20 years. And they've traveled to like 40 or 50 different countries. But anyway, the organization they work with, One Hope, has partnered recently with another company that does a lot of video, and, and they have created uh, a drama, dramatization of the book of Mark, and they are, they've allowed us to use it this morning. So we're going to look at the scripture in a little different way, and without further ado, let's look at Mark chapter 15, the end through 16, 1 through 8. Here we go.
2: It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learnt from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid.
1: Awesome. And the company is Lumo. They said as long as we give them credit and they're connected with One Hope, they've allowed us to use that. The thing that I want us to see this morning as we talk about speculation is that no one expected Jesus to be raised. No one. Mark 16, verse 1, it says, when the Sabbath had passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James uh, in Salome, or some say Salome, uh, bought, brought, or bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. When you look at that and you start to study what's happening in that day, the women waited till the Passover to be it was complete. That's a Jewish festival that they were celebrating. And they were gonna go and finish the embalming process of Jesus to finish what they had started a few days earlier. These women had seen Jesus die. They had started the process of embalming, and they saw the stone rolled in front of the tomb. And it says in Scripture here that after the Sabbath, they went and bought spices. They spent their hard-earned money to preserve or to help with the decaying process of Jesus. And you say, why is that? Well, those graves, like you saw in, this, in the video, they weren't just a one and done, like one person per grave. There would have been several people over the life of that grave. And so when they would open that back up to help preserve and so it wouldn't be a, a horrible stench, that's why they would do it. And again, they did all of this because they were not expecting Jesus to have been risen from the dead mark 16 verse 3 another clue here it says that when they're on their way they're asking their, themselves who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb again no one expected jesus to be raised no one other gospels the mark luke and john right? Or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The other disciples, we see them coming to the grave as well. We don't see it in Mark, but none of them were thinking about the resurrection. In fact, many of the disciples had doubts. Peter had doubts. James, the brother of Jesus, had doubts. He's saying, look, we're from the same mother. How could this be, right? And and of course, the most famous doubter was doubting Thomas. And don't forget what we said just a few moments ago. It's okay if you have doubts or unbelief. You can bring those to Jesus, and he will help us through those things. And Jesus we we know that, uh, that he helps us in our unbelief. He does not get mad at us. The truth is, we've all most likely at one point or another wondered. And if we haven't wondered, if we just kind of bought in and we're we're all in and we just take it by faith, that's awesome. But I promise you, this week, you're gonna rub shoulders with someone that has some doubt, that may be a skeptic, and a neighbor, a friend, a family member who's questioning. And what we want you to encourage you to do is to make some conversation around the facts, around the eyewitness accounts that will reveal the truth. And the great thing is that when we open our mouth, the Holy Spirit is at work to reveal truth. And I love that. Again, in the story, no one was thinking that Jesus was coming back from the grave. We understand that the disciples were going back to their old business. They're going back to their old way of life. And, and no one, and it was unbelievable, not only for the women, but for the rest of the disciples. Let's look at it, Mark, Mark 16, verses 5 and 6. It says, they entered the grave, and when they saw the young man sitting on the right side, dressed in white clothes or white robe, they were alarmed. This, this took them by surprise. I love in the video it shows the, the drama of you know the woman dropping the clay jar and, and saying man what is going on and the angel said to them do not be alarmed you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified that's a fact but now he's risen he is not here see the place where they laid him now let's try to be logical here for a moment we are all smart we've got a mind could these women have just made up this story? Sure, they could have. Is there some c- cynical, is it there's something fishy going on? It's possible. But the fact that Mark would use women in this story points to the validity of the truth. Let me try to explain. From Mark 15, verse 40, through Mark 16, verse 1, there's eight verses there, and three different times in those eight verses, Mark uses women, the testimony of the women, to to show what's happening here. You say, well, why is that interesting? Well, it speaks to the authenticity of what's happening in the book of Mark and what's happening in Jesus' life. In the Jewish law, uh, if you were to be brought before the, the courts, it says that the testimony in Jewish law consists of testimonies of those eligible witnesses. They must also or almost in all, every case be free men, so you couldn't be a slave, that were not deaf or mentally or morally unstable. They couldn't be too young. And so, in other words, they had to be of age. And particularly, women in most cases were not eligible to talk or to be a part of the defense in the court of law. So when the women say, he is risen, and Mark is writing this 35 years after, Mark is not trying to sell something that is not true. Why? Well, how can I know that for sure? I believe because if he was trying to build some story, he would not use the testimony of women. It would not hold up in the court of law. So you say, well, why would Mark do it then? Well, it's pretty simple in my eyes. Because that's the way it happened. I just believe it. The details in each of the gospels, they're not uniform details. It's not like a group got together and said, hey, this is the story. Stick with it. No, each gospel has different perspective, different people involved. And it strengthens the authenticity, really bringing proof to the resurrection. And that's what we want to talk about. Because when you think of the resurrection, it's hard to believe for some. You say, all right, there's a few women. We can dismiss that, right? What else can we look to? Well, in the Jewish court of law, it's the witness of two or three that will bring a witness to to be guilty or to be free, right? And you say, ah, that's still hard to believe. But it says in Scripture that Jesus had not only appeared to Peter, but to John and James, the brother of Jesus, who is a skeptic for sure. He definitely, he's saying, look, we come from the same mom. How could you be the Savior of the world? Look what 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8 says. And it says, and Jesus appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. And we know Jesus appeared to Peter and he reinstated him into ministry. And I love that story uh, that we see in the other Gospels. And then to the eleven. Verse six says, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom were still alive, that though this is 35 years after he's writing this, though some had fallen asleep, so there were those that had passed. Verse 7 says he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. James was the brother of Jesus, like I mentioned. And then last of all, verse 8, as to the one untimely born, he appeared also to me. And that's Paul writing that. Jesus appeared to Paul. And you say, man, that's some pretty strong evidence, wouldn't you say? Some would say that that's enough. That's overwhelming, I believe. But let's just play devil's advocate here for a moment. What if you could get 500 people or more that would make up a lie and stand by it? What would their story look like? What would the litmus test be? Because I know that talk is cheap. Everyone say talk is cheap, right? When, when does it get really real? When people are willing to lay down their lives to die For a cause. That's when it gets real. And that's exactly what happened with all of those that were listed there in 1 Corinthians. Peter and Paul both were martyred in Rome around 66 AD. Paul was beheaded and Peter was crucified and he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. He said, turn me upside down. He was crucified upside down at his request. Andrew. Was crucified. Thomas was pierced through with spears by four different soldiers. Philip was arrested and cruelly put to death. Matthew was stabbed to death in Ethiopia for his faith. Bartholomew, one of the great early missionaries that went out, he spread uh, like wildfire. He met his death as a martyr for the gospel. James was stoned and then clubbed to death. Simon the Zealot, as the story goes, he ministered in Persia and was killed after refusing to sacrifice to the sun god. He said, no, I serve Jesus. In the one and only true God, I will not make a sacrifice to any. False idol Matthias or Matthias, who was replacing Judas Iscariot who'd betrayed Jesus, right? It, tradition sends him to Syria with Andrew, and he died by being burned to death because of his walk with Jesus, because of his belief in the resurrection, and the only disciple that did not die uh, as a martyr was John, and he died a natural death. In old age, but I was telling this to Pastor Mark, and he said, don't forget that the Apostle John, who wrote the book of John and wrote the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos at the end of his life, they tried to martyr him. They tried to boil him in oil, and he survived, and then he lived out the rest of his days. And you say, well, what's the point? I would say this to say this, <laughs> they believed in the resurrection. There was no doubt. These people, they believed even unto death. And for Paul and the others in this list, the death, the bloodshed, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ was all that mattered to them. It's all they cared about. Nothing else mattered, right? And they died for it. Did they give their lives in vain? Absolutely not. Why did they do it? Again, they believed in the resurrection. They believed it. And the question that is before us this morning is what do you believe? What do you believe in regards to this? Are you on the fence? Do you say, nah, I don't buy it? Well, the truth is to believe the Bible is the only way that you can be saved. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I love this verse. It says, because if you confess your sin or confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. According to Scripture, the only way is for you to believe in your heart. And the great thing is that this Easter, we've been praying for weeks that God would reveal Himself to you. If you're online, we've been praying that God would reveal Himself to you to understand that for you to be saved, you've got to believe in what the Bible says. Now, my faith journey, I've shared bits and pieces of this over the years. Some of this will not be a shock to you, but I grew up in the church. My family, we were, uh, you know, great believing family. We were, my parents were always involved in ministry. And my grandma was over on November 12, 1985. I was asking her questions about faith and how can you know for sure. She said, go get your Bible. And we did, and she took me through some scripture. And then I prayed a sinner prayer. My my grandma led me to the Lord that day, and I wrote in my Bible on November 12, 1985, I give my life to Jesus, and I still have that Bible. It was easy for me to believe because I trusted my parents and I trusted my grandparents. After college, I was uh, studied for ministry and I stepped into a children's ministry role. So I was working with elementary students, uh, and, and I it was easy for me to share the gospel story with kids, and kids would give their hearts to Jesus almost every week, and some of them gave. Uh, gave their, you know, week after week after week. And i just add those up saying, man, we're getting all these salvations. No, i just kidding. We only did one per kid, I promise. But it was easy for those kids because they they trusted their, their pastor or maybe the family that they were in. And what's interesting is those kids, as long as... Just like my kids, Logan and Reagan, they as they grow in their faith, they gave their heart to the Lord early, there will be a testing time in their teenage years or as a young adult. And the truth is, in my story, I'm still growing in my faith and in my understanding and in my trust uh, according to God's Word. It's growing in me. But this I know to be true. It's God who reveals himself it's God's work it's not it's not me sitting here preaching I was thinking about it this week and and uh, uh, a friend called and I called a friend and asked about uh, a relationship that he had with his son they're trying to to meet up and and I said to and I, and I prayed for him and then he prayed for me and in his prayer he says yeah there's nothing Ben can do uh, but but Lord you do the work and I love that that sentiment that it's not me. it's God uses the foolishness of preaching, but I'm just the vessel. It's Jesus who's been working behind the scenes in your life and in the people's lives that you're going to rub shoulders with this week, it's Jesus revealing himself. and I love that. And when I think about re- how Jesus does that, my mind on this Easter in particular, goes to a family friend of ours who used to live right next door. His name was Darrell, and I've talked about him before. But just a couple months ago, he passed, and he didn't pass from COVID, although I blame COVID because of the isolation and uh, being cooped up. It it really was very hard on him. But Darrell's story And he would give me permission if he was living to share this. I know it. But he grew up, or in his growing up years, um, he was around people that believed in Jesus. In fact, over the years, he lived next door to three different pastors, us being one. And, I mean, what are the chances of that, right? But he never believed in Jesus, See, Darrell was a cop. He worked for the state police, and man, the stories he would tell were just really fun. I'd get him talking. But when we talked talk about serious things, and I'd ask him about faith or what he believed, he always would come, to, like many people, and say, man, how could a good God you know, allow so much tragedy and so much suffering in our world? How many of you ever heard that from somebody? Or maybe you've asked the same question, and I get that. Well, Darrell, being a cop, he would take it a step further, and he could not, in his mind, justify how God could forgive a mass murderer. He would talk about that on several different occasions. How could it all be true? And so I would consider Darrell to have been a skeptic. He kind of knew some people that were believers, but he never believed himself. But every time I would visit, even when he was next door, we'd watch football on Sunday nights, and then once he moved, I would go and visit him, probably on average, you know, two times a month, uh, maybe three times a month. I, he would allow me to pray for him, and he would ask me to pray for three things, that, that he would uh, be wealthy, that he would be wise and then that he would have good health. And he says, oh, as long as I get two out of the three, right? And, and, and he, so he was always a joke to him. And it was like, okay, but I prayed intentionally for years, for six years straight, I would pray, I'd work it in. Lord, reveal yourself to Darrell. And just how the Lord revealed himself to me and I'm in my own situation through my grandma and through my parents. And just like the kids that I worked with in kids ministry for eight and a half years and there were several hundred kids that came to faith in that time that Lord was revealing there, God revealed himself to Darrell over time. And about six years later, I w- Every time I talked with him about serious stuff, I had to kind of muster up the courage to do so. But I, I did one night, and I said, hey, we have talked about your faith. I said, Daryl, you're getting old. You know, he's late 80s at this point. He ended up dying at 91. But he said, uh, I, I said, hey, have you thought more about what we've talked about before? And he said, hey, this week I, I asked the Lord to be, uh, to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sins. And I, I remember that night when he shared that with me, how incredible that was. And the thing about Daryl, he didn't dive in all into church, but I do believe that he did surrender his heart to Jesus. And the reason I'm thinking about him on Easter this year is After he gave his heart to Jesus, other than men's breakfast, he always was in for a good breakfast. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about. But he would come maybe once or twice a year on a Sunday morning. And Easter, excuse me, Easter was one of those. And he'd be sitting right next to Jessica this morning if he was here. And so I'm thinking about him. And I think, man, the Lord, in his late 80s, the Lord continued to reveal himself to Daryl, and Daryl gave his heart to, to Jesus. This is a neat story. And the thing that we've been praying for the last several weeks is that the Lord would reveal himself to you. And not only to you, but he would give you courage to share the news of the resurrection in the coming weeks. The Lord is the one that does the work. It takes the pressure off of us Pastor Bobby and I were saying, hey we you know it, it takes the pressure off we we're just the vessel and I love that but the Lord is revealing himself with revelation knowledge and you look at the facts of Mark's account and the other gospels and you're saying, well I don't know I'm still a skeptic I'm still skeptical well we're praying for you that the barriers Would fall, that the walls would come down. And we're gonna sing about that in a minute. The gospel that the gospel story, the eye that that Jesus loves you, would ring true, and that his grace is here, and that salvation can be found for anyone that puts their hope and their trust, their belief in Him. And I don't know your story, and I I get that. I'm not gonna pretend like I do, but God does. He understands the struggle that you've had. He understands the pain that you have had or maybe are experiencing. He understands the hurt, the loss. He understands the rejection. He understands how many Americans and people worldwide these days are very hopeless. And first service, we had a psychologist in the in the room and, and he affirmed that man, yes, there are people just that are hurting and feeling hopeless. And what I want you to know is that the resurrection is hope for the hopeless. The resurrection, the fact that Jesus did die and then was risen from the grave it brings us hope. It brings us hope. Jesus defeated death and the grave. Do you a dead Savior can't save anyone. And the bottom line this morning for us is that the resurrection proves that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. But we have to believe. And this morning we're going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to lead you in the prayer, kind of old school, kind of like my grandma did. And the question is, is do you believe? Where do you believe? Can Jesus make a difference? Absolutely. And whether you're online or whether you're in the room, I, wanna, I want to everyone just to kind of close your eyes, bow your head reverently before the Lord. And I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you need to surrender? Do you desire a relationship with Jesus? Will you put your faith in Jesus this morning? If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've walked away from your faith and you're wanting to come back to the Lord, I'm just going to ask that you would lift your hand. I'm not praying with you. Everyone's head bowed, eyes closed. Who in second service... Will join those in first service, those online who would say, yes, I am putting my faith in Jesus. Just lift your hand. Yes. Who else? Thank you. Yes. Who else? Yes. Thank you. I see that. Yes. In the back row, I see that. Yes. Online, if you're with us, if you're in person here, would you repeat this simple prayer after me? It's not the words of this prayer that that will save you. It's believing in your heart. And would we just do this as a corporate, uh, that we do this together? Would you repeat this after me? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Save me. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were risen from the grave, and I'm putting my hope and my trust in you. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could I get your eyes on me? There were like five or six in the service here. First service, there was a couple, and online, I'm sure there are those that are responding, that prayed this prayer. For those that are here in person, before you leave, would you meet us at the Connection Center? We have some next steps for you, some tools that will help you grow and establish your faith, and we would love for you to make yourself known. If you're online and you've just prayed that prayer and you breathed it out, would you just slip over? There should be a URL right in the feed, right where you're watching. You can click on that and go to the contact and let us know. And we, we promise you that if you reach out to us in this way, we will reach out to you this week and get you the resources you need. We do that because we all need someone to walk with, don't we? And so would you do that today? For the several that are here and those that were that were online, they're going to do that. There's one last thing I want to do as we close. In Mark chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, I want to read that as part of our text from the message today. It says, and he said to them, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? And then verse 7, I want to highlight this. It says, but go and tell his disciples and Peter. Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. Tell them that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I love that the angel doesn't say, go tell those cowards, because everybody's scattered. Go tell that deserter, Peter. No, you see a love for Jesus saying, hey, go tell them. I'm going to reveal myself. I'm going to come back in the flesh. They're going to see me face to face. And what's great is as the women went and they told the rest of the disciples and some of the disciples came to the tomb and and then they walked along the road to Emmaus that there there were disciples and Jesus would appear and, and there were all these stories of Jesus and his appearing. The early church grew like wildfire because of the authority of the eyewitnesses. There were people that saw Jesus crucified, and then saw Jesus risen from the dead. It was word of mouth that multiplied, that the church multiplied. And what they did in the early church there is they linked an Old Testament uh Passover message or ceremony with a New Testament. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the book of Mark, how Jesus redefined Passover and now it was communion. And they would remember the sacrifice and they would take inventory of their lives. They would celebrate the risen Savior. And then they were to go and tell others until Jesus returns. And this morning, we're going to end the service just like the early church would. Every time they meet, they would partake in Holy Communion, in the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask that you would stand right where you are. And you can prepare. It's a little tricky. So you kind of open the top one and get that bread, get the representation of the bread. And then you kind of open the next one. And, uh, it's a, and just be careful not to spill it, but uh, whatever. They're a little tricky. But get them open, and then we're going to wait. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to reflect on the cross. We're going to reflect on Jesus in the grave. And then we're going to reflect on Jesus being risen and being our risen Savior. Let's
2: do that together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: James, in the back, there was a verse that I skipped. I, I feel... It's first service. I didn't read it, but I feel compelled to read it. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 13 through 20. If we could get that on there. I don't know if that messes you up too bad. There we go. It says, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. That's the truth. If the resurrection is not true, what are we doing here, right? We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that has that he has raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. There's no hope. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If this is all it is, is just this life and that's it, we are to be pitied. But, verse 20, in fact, Christ is, has been raised from the dead. And today, as we hold these emblems, representing the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, we, as God's people, we have open communion, And so join us, right? We remember the sacrifice. We remember what Jesus has done. And it gives us reason to celebrate on Easter. And not only celebrate, but then to share the good news. To share the news of the resurrection and the proof of the resurrection. And that we go and tell others until he returns. And that's what communion is all about. We look back, we look within, and we look forward to his return. And so today, with grateful hearts, Let's thank the Lord for the body of Christ. Come on, let's do that together all across the place. Lord, we thank you. We bless you, God, for your body that was beaten and bruised, never broken. But it was for us, Lord, that you took on so much humiliation. And we're grateful. And we remember. And we look forward to your return. Let's partake of the body together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as we reflect on the suffering that Jesus did, we know that blood dripped from his temples as they crushed the crown of thorns into his skull. He was pierced in his side and blood and water flowed. And his arms and his feet were nailed to the cross. And it's the blood of Jesus. It was that blood that was shed where we find forgiveness. And hope, and I love the fact that in the create in the crucifixion scene, Jesus, He did it willingly for you and for me. And today we remember the blood, and not only does the blood cover us and create us, uh, it covers us as white as snow, right? It, it, it clothes us in righteousness, the Bible says, but also it provides healing. And if you need a touch from the Lord on Easter 2021, well, there's no greater time than to experience the healing power of Jesus. So let's thank the Lord together. Lord, we thank you for your blood. We thank you, God, for the blood that was shed and for what it means to us. And God, we put our faith and our hope in you once again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Let's take the blood together.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Come on, let's just thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue to worship him. Hallelujah.
0: Yes, Jesus, we thank you that you have defeated death hell in the grave and as we receive communion that it says in scripture that we proclaim your death until you return again Lord and so we pray that you will swing wide these gates and that we will be people who are walking in light and not in darkness that we will be people who will be living in the in a lost and broken world Lord that you have given us new life through your resurrection and so I pray that you will breathe that new life into us as we go out into places where there are broken. And where there are hurting people. Lord, I pray that you will move in our hearts, that your resurrection power will be real to us on this resurrection Sunday, that you are alive, that you have defeated death, and we lay on that truth this morning, God, and we pray that as we go out into this lost and broken world that you will be behind us, that you will be before us, that you will be all around us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your death. And we thank you for the new life that we have in you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor because only you deserve it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.